it's a basic need, we should pray for our basic needs. The bread we're about to partake of is the body of Jesus, the bread of life, the bread that reminds us of our eternity and the sacrifice that was made. In John, the sixth chapter, starting at verse 25, after Jesus had fed the crowds and they had followed him to Capernaum, it reads, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather around your table this morning, we ask that you would help us understand the discernment of our daily bread and the bread of life and the importance and the significance of this emblem that we are about to partake of. May we take it in a manner pleasing to thee. We pray through Christ. Amen. I pray. Heavenly Father, likewise, the blood that was shed on the cross from your Son, suspended between heaven and earth, the pain and suffering, we are truly thankful because we know we do not deserve it. But we do know that his blood continually, continuously cleanses us. And we're thankful for that. And as we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents that blood that was shed, May we do so in a manner that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen.
we're taking this time now since the uh, Lord's Supper has concluded to pause for a minute and think about our giving as we know that God doesn't want our money he wants our heart and one small way we can give part of our heart is to give of our means we're not assembled right now like we usually are and there are others online and watching us from podcasts and giving in various ways the church the work of the church goes on and uh, we need to remember that and to remember to give and give from our heart let's pray Heavenly Father we're so thankful for your blessings for our temporal blessings the blessings of life for food for a home for our clothes for the basic things that we all need. We're also thankful for our spiritual blessings. We're thankful for each and every blessing that you give us, the miracles of life, the miracles of the earth, the beauty of the earth, the sunset and the sunrise are all provided by you. Bless us now as we give to this church and may the funds be used wisely and to spread your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have kids three to third grade, um, we are meeting with blast groups. So you're welcome to leave at this time as we stand and and sing before Bill's lesson. to sing songs like Seek Ye First without thinking of the Lackland Terrace Church of Christ and 
the youth group at a devotional Sunday night after church uh, back in the 70s. That is the 1970s, by the way. Um, and uh, uh, just a great time. Uh, songs do that to you. Uh, My Jesus knows just what I need. A great, great hymn as well that takes many of you back um, as well. I appreciate the comments that uh, Matt shared as we gathered around uh, the table today and directed us to what I think is uh, John's um, Last Supper (laughs) message. Because Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about the Last Supper of Jesus when he uh, instituted the Lord's Supper, which would be taken after his death, burial, and resurrection, and after the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2. But John doesn't do that. John is kind of marches to the beat of his own drum, as you know, in comparison with the other three. But he does give us that great, incredible passage in John 6 that Matt used and read from, uh, where Jesus talks about uh, uh, being the bread of life, one of those great I am statements, I am bread of life. Um, The Lord taught us to pray for today's needs. We contrast that bread just as Matt did um, as we gathered around the table for the spiritual bread of uh, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And so we certainly acknowledge that and will emphasize that today as well. Um, And the passage that we just sang (laughs) when Jesus was being tempted uh, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 and Satan tempted him after he was had been praying and fasting for 40 days and told him hey turn these stones into bread you can do that and that's when Jesus quoted from the Old Testament from Deuteronomy and said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of of God. And so we get that. We understand that and that's very important. And the I think the line that we walk as Christians that we're experiencing even now with all the difficulty that we see in our world as Wade mentioned uh, during our shepherd's prayer time, during his comments and also during his uh, prayer. And we appreciate his words so very much, so very much. It's uh, a call that says acknowledge the difficulty of where we are, but at the same time also be willing to acknowledge through faith in Christ that, that he has got this. And we may not know exactly what that looks like, but we believe it very strongly. And so we act uh, accordingly. Uh, acknowledging the difficulties in this world and in this life. And so, as Wade said, being willing to do something to help. Being willing to do something to help. And I think the the same thing is true when we talk about um, our daily bread. Because we recognize that Jesus is the bread of life, and we recognize that the the bread and the cup that we share together uh, is what gives us spiritual sustenance and is what allows us to be forgiven, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But it doesn't mean that our daily bread is not important, and it doesn't mean that our daily bread is not worthy of our concern and our prayer. I think the Lord's Prayer acknowledges that. 
Jesus acknowledges that, but here's what he does. He teaches us to pray for today's needs. And so he teaches us to pray in Matthew 6, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Um, and so we, we acknowledge that um, uh, Jesus places a great deal of importance upon what I need today and a lesser importance upon what I might need down the line. That doesn't mean that that's not important. Um, because as, uh, as Jesus would say, this is something that is necessary for our lives. And so we pray for it. We pray for it. But it is not the ultimate thing that is necessary for our lives. And so we keep that in perspective. And I think that's what his prayer does. Notice that this is not the first thing Jesus said to pray about. (laughs) He doesn't begin his prayer with, give us this day our daily bread. But he does include it. And it's right um, for us to include it as well. And during this uh, year of pandemic and this time when so many have seen that that daily bread become uh, less reliable and less secure about it, uh, this prayer is even more important. And it's a good reminder to us that Jesus is the source of everything that's good. And so we look to him to provide those things, including those physical necessities. And so I want us to share a few things about uh, God as provider. As Matt said, we've been looking through the statements in the Lord's Prayer, specifically from Matthew 6. Luke also mentions those as well. Uh, But in Matthew 6, sharing each statement, and uh, today's statement is, give us this day our daily bread. And uh, with each one, I wanted to use one word in particular that will help us to uh, remember this particular statement. And the word, as you see today, is provider. Jesus is the one who provides for our spiritual needs and our physical needs as well. And so we look to God uh, to do that. It is important for us to remember that James does say faith without works is dead. So don't go out and quit your job and say, well, Bill told us that God would provide. (laughs) That's not exactly what he's saying, I'm pretty sure. But what he does say is to seek the Father's provision. God is provider. And so first of all, let's turn to that great passage later on. In Matthew 6 and throughout the chapter of Matthew 6, Jesus assured us that God would provide what we need. That's where we begin, really. We begin from a position of faith that God is going to provide. He's going to provide for us what we need. He always has and he always will. That doesn't necessarily mean that he will provide that the way we want him to provide it. There's never that promise made. There's just the assurance that God would provide what we need. Again, that great song, my Jesus knows just what I need. He satisfies and every need 
provides. That is God as provider. And so we see that from the very start in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, when he talks about the, the, the acts of worship that we have to be sure that we do those things without uh, doing them in order to gain glory for ourselves and to let people see how wonderful we are, but rather to acknowledge the greatness of our God. And that includes giving. And so in the verses that follow, in verses 2 through 4, he talks about the, the, the uh, heart that gives. And he says, be sure that you don't do it just so that other people will see it. I don't think he's saying there that other people can't be aware of your gift because we're going to see a passage in Acts chapter 2 where uh, early church members were very much aware of one person's gift and it brought great encouragement to the church. But Jesus says, if that's your purpose, then that's wrong. Don't do these things just to be seen by others. And then he offers these words in Matthew 6, beginning at verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so when you think of God as provider, you take a look at your giving. And you ask yourself, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that God will provide? And the answer to that question is, well, what does my heart say? And that one's a, that's a hard one to, to manage. We spoke a, a couple of weeks ago about... Uh, that point in the prayer that talked about reverencing the name of God and and how a window into our heart is how our mouth speaks. Well, here's another window into our heart. In verse 21 of Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what is it that you treasure more than anything else? That's an indication of what is in your heart. And then we skip down a little bit and go to verse 24 where Jesus makes this statement. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In this case, because that's the context of Matthew 6, but you could put anything there that you want. (laughs) Anything that tempts you or that is something that can take the throne of your heart away from Jesus. Because he will share it with no one and nothing. And this is that that cozy Christianity that Wade shared during our shepherd's prayer time. And I think that's a great, great term. And unfortunately, it's one that many of us have grown accustomed to. And perhaps that's because we haven't been challenged to live by faith when it might cost us something. And as Wade shared, those days may be numbered, even in our own country. And if that's the case, then we read verses like Matthew 6, 24 and ask ourselves, do I, do I really believe that? Am I really willing to do that if it costs me something, if I have to pay a price for it? Jesus said you're going to be devoted to one or the other, but you're not going to be devoted to both. 
And then he applies that in a practical way in verses 25 and following. And this is that great passage. It's one of Joyce's favorite passages. It's one of her favorite messages to our girls as we have uh, enjoyed their presence. We have one that's going to turn 40 years old in November. Can you believe that I'm old enough to have a daughter that's 40? Well, I know you can believe that about me, but Joyce, no way, no way. Of course, she had her when she was eight, so... This idea of observing the birds in the air. Of looking at the flowers, the wildflowers, I think, in the field. That no one really does anything to, to to make as beautiful as they are, and yet they are. And what Jesus says to his disciples, and what Matthew records and says to the church of his day a few decades later is God takes care of them. He's going to take care of you because you mean so much more to God than those do. And so he says, consider the the birds of of the air. Consider the flowers in the field. And remember that you are worth so much more than they are. But Jesus does something more than just apply it to those things that we might see in the world that God has created. But it also brings about the contrast between disciples of Jesus Christ and people in the world. And this is where he begins to talk about that in verse 31 of Matthew 6. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, Matthew 6, 33, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek ye first, we sang. And of course, this is that verse that great song comes from. But in the context of that verse, Jesus is contrasting his followers with people in the world. And he says, here's one of those differences. One of those differences is people in the world, this is their focus. My disciples, that is a concern, obviously, and Jesus calls on us to pray about it. But it's not our number one concern. It's not our number one focus. But rather, that is the kingdom. Rather, that is the righteousness of God. That is our focus. And when that becomes our focus, then these other things that are necessary and essential to be a a living human being in this world, God will provide what we need. It's one of those areas where people can see the difference between the materialism that captures, especially 21st century American culture, versus Christians who gladly and generously, joyfully, cheerfully give theirs away to help others. That's different. And the only way you can do that is if you trust God to provide. 
and you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus assured us that God would provide what we need. And the first century church took that seriously. And so secondly, this morning, the first disciples shared with those in need. Because they believed that God would provide all they needed. They were willing to give of their own. And none of them had a lot. Some of them had more than others. And the ones that did have more than others, they generously gave of what they had so that everyone would have what they need. And we see that from the very beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2, the first day the church began. And then in the days that come, they began to speak that message and live that message and and people saw it and they began accepting the, the Lord Jesus Christ and responding in faith. And, and people were being baptized and added to their number every day. Acts 2 verse 41 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 42, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together. I promise you, I promise you, he will, whatever is ahead. Don't be dismayed by that. Don't let Satan trap you into thinking the future is bleak. The future is hard, but it's not bleak. And as we look at it, we recognize that we don't have to be dismayed about it. Because of one thing, God will take care of us. If you need encouragement today, come as we stand. Sing this great promising hymn today. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you.
Father God, creator of all, the great I am, our provider for our daily needs, both spiritual and physical. We pray, Father, that as our provider that we would find contentment and joy and satisfaction in realizing that our provisions are given to us. And we pray, Father, that we would spend less time and less energy and less of our own uh, possessions and our own money endeavoring to uh, provide things for ourselves and help us, Father, to be more generous with our excess that we might do more for you and your cause and share with those, Father, who have needs that, that we may not have. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us another Lord's Day to come and to assemble and to worship you and to sing songs of praise to your name, to approach your throne in prayer, to partake of the Lord's Supper, to give of our means that your work might continue, and to hear a lesson from your word, Father, as our provider. And so as we leave here this week and through the rest, remainder of our lives, Father, we may surely place our trust in you to seek you each day, Father, to know that trusting you helps us realize that you care. We have a number of our members, Father, who were mentioned earlier in our service today, some who have lost loved ones, some who are sick at this time, and, and other situations. And so, Father, we pray that as our provider that you would look down upon them and give them the provisions they need, whether it be comforting their heart and soul or, or helping to heal them, Father, from some disease. You know each and every case far better than we do. Be with us now, Father, as we separate from this place and go to our own homes and keep us safe. Until we meet again, in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.